0: Y'all, I love my smartwatch. Not only does it help me get where I need to be on time, usually, but it also helps me be more mindful and aware of my physical activity, sleep quality, heart rate, and so much more. The hardest part though, having it match my outfits and feel as glamorous as I'd like to, but not anymore. Thanks to sparkle bands, I have a variety of adorable, chic, and upcycled quality leather watch bands perfect for every outfit. From my cowhide bands to the tooled leather Kaya's Confidence Band with turquoise gemstones that I designed alongside the team. Now my smartwatch feels just as fashionable as I do. This women-owned company is located just down the street from me in my hometown, and I can attest they take their quality and their customers to heart. Check out their variety of high fashion watch bands and more at sparklebands.com. That's S-P-A-R-K-L-B-A-N-D-S.com and use code KAYA10 to receive 10% off at checkout. Happy shopping. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Today, we actually have a repeat guest. Oh, yeah. She's that good. We had to bring her back for round two. Who knows? Maybe we'll bring her back even after this. But today's guest, you might recognize from episode 37 Get Inspired to Do the Damn Thing. She is a rock star and my former business coach. And I'm so excited for this conversation. To give you a little more insights into who our guest is, in 2019, after unexpectedly losing her husband, five days after they returned from a whirlwind trip to France, Bevin Farron founded the Take the Damn Trip movement. Her damn framework has inspired hundreds to connect with the people that they love, do the crazy thing that makes all the difference, and when given a choice, to take the damn trip. Additionally, she's a coach who supports women in achieving their goals even after going through deeply challenging experience. Without further ado, let me welcome Bevin to the show. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Bevan. Thank you so much for having
1: me back. I'm so excited to be here. And funnily enough, I'm listening to you read that bio and I'm like, oh, You know what? Since I was on the show last time, we actually now call it the take the damn chance movement because, you know, people thought I was a vacation planner. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, cool, we're going to do a cruise or what? But we realized, I realized that it's not about a trip. It's not about, you know, vacations. It can be, it can be about connecting with people, but it's really about taking the chance on yourself, Mm. on that you know, little voice in your heart that keeps calling to you, that big dream on your heart. And so,
0: yeah, we we take the damn chance on ourselves. Kaya, that's what we're supposed to do. Mm, I love that. Number one, I think it's a beautiful just example of the importance of copywriting that resonates, right? <laughs> and getting clear <laughs> on your messaging. We, we recently had a, a guest on the show, Jenny, that talks about copywriting. And as you know well, Bevan, um business is all about shifting and finding out what works. So, I love the update to that title, Take the Damn Chance. Although I will say, I would love to go on a trip with you. I think you'd be so much fun to travel with. (laughs)
1: Let's do that. Yes. Yes. I still would love to do that, but we'll take the chance by going on a trip. (laughs) Oh, love
0: it. Love it. Now, I want to back up a little bit. Now, some people might already be in your orbit or maybe have tuned into episode 37 and already heard a little bit of your goodness. But for someone that's tuning into the show right now that's like, okay – who is this woman? What is her story? How did she get to where she is right now in supporting these people? Can you just give us a little insight into your story? Yeah. And also, why does she say the word damn all the time? Yeah. She just loves cursing, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It does stand for something. And I will tell you what it stands for in just one minute. So the background to the movement is that in 2019, um, on Mother's Day, my husband, Mark, surprised me with a trip to France that was going to be happening in six months later. And we had two young ones, so like we couldn't just like throw everything in a backpack and go. And then two weeks after that, I lost my job. And we were reeling. Like I said, we had two little ones. My son was only four months old. I'd just taken maternity leave. And over the next few months, I decided I didn't want to look for a job again. I wanted to start my own business. This was not the first time I'd been laid off. It was the third time in under 10 years that I had lost my job for one reason or another. And I didn't want to put the financial health of my family into the hands of any one person ever again. And so I started my business and it, it slowly started. You know, it was $0, $0, a $1,000, very slowly creeping up. But as we got to November, when that trip was going to happen... The business was picking up enough that we decided, yeah, let's go on this trip, even though it seems totally crazy to be in planes the same amount of time that we're on the ground and we have two kids and all of those reasons we shouldn't go. And so we went and had an amazing time. We wandered through Bordeaux. It rained the entire time, but we didn't care. We had great food, great wine, and we got to be together as who we were as a couple before we'd had kids, before we'd gotten married. And when we returned, it was the week of Thanksgiving, and we got ready for Thanksgiving, and we had 25 people over because it was pre-pandemic. And then the day after Thanksgiving, my husband didn't wake up. He passed away in the middle of the night completely unexpectedly. He had undiagnosed heart disease. So one of his arteries was 95% blocked, and the other was 50% blocked. About a month later, I made a post on social media that talked about that trip, talked about losing Mark, talked about my birthday. And I ended that post by saying, whenever you're faced with a choice, just take the damn trip. And that really resonated with people. And I got so many messages from people saying, oh, you know, I, I was going to say no to this trip with my parents, but I'm going to go. Or I took this great trip with my dad right before he died, and it means the world to me. And like I said, I I thought about all of the hard things that I've been through Not just losing Mark, but I lost my dad to cancer when I was 24. I lost my home in a house fire in 2010. I my kiddos are IVF babies, and so I've been through years of fertility treatments and a miscarriage. And like I said, I lost my job three times. But also, I thought about all the amazing things that I've created. You know, I grew those two businesses. I grew collaborate at work and then take the damn chance to over six hundred thousand dollars in three years. Um, I had these babies. I built our dream home. All these things. And I said, what is it that I do differently than other people? Not better, but differently. And that's where the DAMN framework came to be. So what it stands for is decide and declare, attend your own party, moments, not minutes, and now is the time. And these four mindset shifts, when you apply them to any area of your life, they make a huge difference and i've created also the do the damn thing method and when you pair these things together it is really mind blowing to me
0: what you can create in your life mm, i love that and i can attest this this tool and this framework has really helped support me too in working with you as a business coach i want to come back to this you know you talked about The various different losses that you've experienced in your life. And I know, you know, even just you sharing that loss can look a lot of different ways. And I feel like in the moments immediately following whatever that loss is, we feel paralyzed, defeated. Mm -hmm. Like, how can we even possibly go on? How do we get from that place to being able to create something really, really amazing on the other side of it?
1: I like to be really clear with people. I didn't pop up the day after Mark died and say, I'm going to create a movement. How can I make this into something? That's not how it happened. I mean, the days and weeks and even months following losing my husband, I, I, (laughs) I struggled. You know, I still have days where I find myself just curled up bawling. In fact, today I felt like a lot of anxiety today. And so it's not a, a snap your fingers and it all goes away. But I think that's good. I think we need to honor all of the emotions we feel. I say a lot, there's no such thing as a bad emotion. But the way that I feel like we can break that overwhelm and paralysis is what I call microactions. And Kaya, you're very familiar with this. And I know you call them baby steps, but it is the smallest possible action that you will actually take. And so when we're in the midst of something really hard, sometimes that is literally just pull the covers back from the bed. Mm. But what we pair that with is our yes. Because a lot of times people will kind of get into action, but they don't know where they want to go. And then it's very chaotic. And so they're, they're taking three steps in one direction, then they're pulled by a shiny object in the other direction. And so they feel... Like they're taking all this action, but they're not seeing any movement. And that's because they haven't gotten the clarity. Mm. And so I say we have to find our yes and our six dimensional why. And so when we pair this clarity and this action, that's where we like do the damn thing.
0: Mm.
1: Right after Mark died, my yes was keeping my kiddos safe, keeping myself healthy and safe and keeping our home. That was it. Those were my three goals. And in order to make those happen, I needed to also build my business because I was a sole financial provider as a solo parent. And so I went back to business, not right away, but there was a, there's part of it. I went back to meeting with clients to like feel effective Mm -hmm. and it made me feel better. So then it was easier to take more micro actions. But really, if you're in the muck of something, it starts with micro actions and getting clear on really what is most important to you right now.
0: Mm, I love that, man. And what's so crazy is, you know, once you take the first micro action, the momentum that builds off of that is Mm. just phenomenal. But I want to come back to the getting clear on your yes. Now, you know me very well, Bevan. So you know that (laughs) I love, I love shiny objects. Like there are so many shiny objects in my life that can be very, very distracting. And for someone that might be listening, that's like, okay, I I don't know what my yes is. I mm-hmm. don't actually have the clear goal. I also have talked to so many women who have, you know, it, depending on the season of life they're in, they've kind of forgotten how to dream or have goals for themselves separate from yes. what looks what it looks like to be a mom or a caregiver or whatever that role looks like that they play. So, I guess for someone who's feeling lost and lacking that clarity to even know what direction they need to take a micro action towards. Do you have any insights to help support them get clearer on where they're headed?
1: I will often say we've forgotten how to dream like children. Mm -hmm. We dream like editors. So we think, oh, you know, I'd really love to start singing again, or I'd really love to start a business, or I'd really love to write a book. But immediately our brain goes, yeah, but that's not going to happen.
0: When are you going to find
1: the time to do that? Or how could you possibly ever get back into singing or whatever your passion is? And so we immediately shut that down before we even have like completely had the dream, right? There's not even any color to it and we've shut it down. And so when I work with people to craft what I call your damn manifesto, which is your yes and then your six dimensional why, the very first part of it is finding your yes, but it's a five day process and you can stretch it out past five days, but it's not a five minute process. Mm. And the first thing that we do is we go broad. So I, you know, I have a meditation that I lead people through and then they spend 15 minutes just writing. What is every possible thing that you might maybe want to do? One of my former coaches said, you go until the water runs clear. So you just write and write and write and write without editing, without judging, just write. Then you put it away (laughs) and you either come, you either take a walk and come back to it or the next day you come back to it and then you get specific but we have to break the blinders of, I can't do anything. I'm only a mom. I'm only this. We have to be able to start to see that things are possible before we can really see what we are capable of. And so then once we do that, then like I said, we get specific and we start to ask ourselves like, am I willing to make this my top priority right now? When you and I worked together, I was always like, Kaya, what is your top priority? And you were like, well, here are my, here's my seven part top yeah. priority. <laughs> so accurate.
0: So accurate.
1: You're like, I know you said I can only have one top priority and there's just an A, B, C, D, E, F, and G to this one. And I am still in your guidelines. But I, I also say, are you willing to resource it? Are you willing to put you know, your energy to it, not just your Mm. money. I mean, money is sometimes important in it, but your time, your energy, your focus, is it inspiring to you? And then is it personal? Because often too, when we say we've forgotten how to dream, it's just that we don't want the dreams that other people have tried to impose on us.
0: Mm.
1: And Mm -hmm. so it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like it fits, like trying to run in somebody else's shoes. And so we are like, well, I just must not want things because
0: I don't want that. Mm. You know, It's interesting hearing you say that because I also think, and this is me speaking personally, so I don't know if anybody that's listening might resonate with this, but I love that maybe the the dreams that we want aren't what other people have imposed on us. But I think the Mm. other thing that I've struggled with is thinking that something is my dream because I see other people having it and I think it's cool. But when I really dig down, I'm like, no, that's actually not meant for me. And right. for me, that's like I have to do a filtering process through that of recognizing like am I am I choosing this just because I see someone else doing it and because it looks cool and fun or because it actually is something that is maybe meant for me too. Right. And I think sometimes
1: with that, what we have to do is we have to take the title off of it and so what I mean by that is a lot of times, I, I just spoke to somebody yesterday about this and she said, you know, I think I want to be this, like the title, mm-hmm. right? And I, she's like, but I don't really know what that means. And I was like, okay, we have to stop doing that. We have to stop saying mm-hmm. I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't really know what that means. You know, instead, we, this is like, I think day three of the finding your yes process. We like build some color to it. We're not worried about the title. You know, for you, you might say, I, I mean, I'm not going to pick a, a goal. I'll pick something for me, Right. I love to perform. I'm a former musical theater kid. Um, That was my first major in college. I love it. And I have friends who are still musical theater actors on Broadway, touring. I don't want that life because (laughs) I have three kids under the age of six. That's a lot of luggage to carry. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a solo parent, all these things. But what I do love is performing on stage. And so in my keynotes, And when I'm speaking, that fuels a part of me of that, like loving to perform and loving to Mm. entertain and loving to inspire people. So when we can break that element down, like, what is it? You see somebody doing something really cool and you're drawn to it. If you're able to sort of pick that apart and say, well, what is it that I am drawn to? For me, it's like, it's not singing uh, in New York, which I mean, I would love to do, but that's not the part that I am capable of doing now, I would have to give up so many other things in my life, then what is it that I am drawn to and where can I get that in other areas or down another avenue?
0: Mm, I love that because it also gives you permission to create your own future without a label kind of narrowing in your focus. I still feel like, I don't know, I guess my approach to life is a constant experiment. <laughs> yeah,
1: as it trying, should
0: be. <laughs> right of of trying things out and being like, "Cool, well I enjoyed this, but I hated that part of it. So yeah. how can I incorporate the fun part into, you know, this pivot over here?" And I I mean, my career has and I know that this is true for you too, Bevan. It has com- it completely looks different today than it yeah. did just a couple years ago when I first started. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah.
1: It's why in the beginning of my framework, we find your yes and your why and not your how. Because oh,
0: that's
1: good. we've got to step out of the how, because first of all, that's the editor of us, right? Saying, oh, I don't know how that could happen. Great. You don't need to know how. You just need to know what, and you need to know why. And the why is purely so that when you're feeling frustrated that the what isn't happening yet, you can remember the why. You can remember. And it's not just one little why. You know, We flesh out a full six dimensions of it. Because if I had had to pick How the Take the Damn Chance movement was going to unfold over the past, it's been, I think, just a a little over two years. I would not have picked how it is, right? Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be just online courses. I thought it was going to be focused a, a lot on business. I mean, as you know, I was a business coach and I kind of gave that all up at the end of last year. And instead, I'm like, but what is my yes? It is to share the damn framework with as many people as possible in as many ways as possible. And that's what I, I stay focused on. And sometimes like the shift for me is now I have a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. And now you know I'm writing a book and I'm speaking on stages because my how is going to continue to change. Mm-hmm. I also think I wanna applaud you for the fact that you are willing for life to be an experiment because that's one of the other issues I see all of us run up against is that we think if I try this, and change my mind, I failed. Mm. And a lot of times we will stay on a path that doesn't fit us because we are afraid what other people will think of us. We're afraid that it looks like we failed or we made a bad decision. And I've shared this with you before. I may have even shared it on our past episode, but the very best advice I ever got, I got when I was 13, so it has definitely stood the test of time, and it was from my dad. I was debating about whether to go to this boarding school or not, and we talked about it for like three hours. I'd gotten this full scholarship, but I also didn't want to give up theater, all these things, and he said to me, Bevan, it was the end of three hours. We still hadn't come to a decision. <laughs> he said, you're going to make the best decision you can with the information you have at hand, and if you make a different decision in six months or six weeks or six days, it's not because this decision is wrong. It's because you have more information and you're making the best decision you can with the information you have at hand. So as you, Kaya, have been saying, I tried this and then I realized I didn't like it. It's because you have more information. You couldn't possibly have known that when you just started. We don't intentionally make bad
0: decisions for ourselves. We just do the best we can. Mm, I love that. There's so much freedom in that. What what great wisdom for a dad to offer you at such a I young know. age, and the fact that you still use it to this day. And thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I just think that that is such a beautiful filter to make decisions from. I I want to circle back really quick because it, it's interesting. Before we hopped on and started recording, we were just catching up, and I would say that both of our businesses have kind have pivoted in a, mm-hmm. a decent a decent way this last year. You know, last year I was working with you as my business coach. And when I was working with you, I was doing a lot of coaching, small group coaching, some one on one coaching. I had my digital course. And Kaya, this year, I kind of put a lot of that off to the side. I'm still coach Kaya, but I'm doing more coaching as a guest coach at retreats, speaking mm-hmm. on stages. And I really kind of took a pivot so I could give myself space this year to film a TV show, which was not nev- ever on the radar. And for me in making that shift, it felt very scary. Yeah. Um, it felt like kind of giving up an identity a little bit and creating all this white space and not knowing what the heck's going to come of it. And it feels... Some days I'm like, I'm so glad this is going to be so great. And others I'm like, what am I doing? Did I make the wrong choice? I don't know. So I'm curious for you, how did you in this last year really come to that point where you made the decision of kind of shifting your offer, being willing to do something new and take a different direction? You
1: said a really important word in there, identity. So a lot of times uh, the big struggles that we have are because we've had an identity shift. And either we're not quite comfortable with the new identity yet, we don't know what it is, or other people around us aren't comfortable with our identity shifting. So for me, I've been through some really dramatic identity shifts. I went from married happily to widow mm-hmm. in an instant, right? But also I went from woman to mother, mm-hmm. right? And then I went to solo parent and, and even, so even good identity shifts like bride to wife. Right. The, there's still an identity shift and there's always some grieving with that process. Mm-hmm. And there's fear around it. You know, I woke up. I love my husband. I loved him so much. But I woke up the morning of our wedding like in tears because I missed my dad. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my God, all of these things are gonna change. So there's there is fear. For me, I spent and again, I like to be really clear about the fact that like just because it seemed overnight to a lot of people doesn't mean it was overnight to me. I spent most of 2022 straddling the line of being a business coach and wanting so badly to support women who didn't want businesses Mm. because I feel really passionately and, and, you know, if you go to my podcast, like you'll hear me say like, This is the podcast committed to helping women who've been through deeply challenging experiences achieve your goals. And a deeply challenging experience is self-identified. For some people, it is a divorce or losing somebody that they love or fertility issues or health issues or whatever it is. It's self-identified. But I feel there is a big gap for both support in that space, but also for Women who have been through something challenging, there's a gap of feeling you are so worth that investment. Hmm. You are your dreams and your life and who you are. You are so worth that. And I know that that can feel scary and that can feel untrue, but I know it's true. And so I want to hold that space for the hard conversations and for the hard things, even though that choice for me is in itself a hard thing. Mm, I love that.
0: Ever thought about having your own podcast? From one podcaster to another aspiring podcaster, I think you should totally go for it. Your story and wisdom deserves to be shared. And the good news is you don't have to go it alone full transparency, my podcast would not be possible every week without the support of my incredible podcast producer and manager, Jill Carr. She helped me bring my vision to life by helping me handle all the -the behind-the-scenes tech to launch it into the world. If you're looking to take to the mic and launch your own show, but the tech logistics and launch process are leaving you feeling overwhelmed and intimidated, I can't recommend Jill Carr podcasting enough to support you. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about her services and how she can help bring your podcast vision to life. You know, I I feel like I've heard people say before that you turn your mess into your message or you Mm -hmm. can take these really hard things that you walk through that you would never wish on anyone and use the growth of coming to the other side of that to really help support other people. And I just, I see you doing that in such an incredible way, Bevan. You know, in this shift and in this space of now supporting people, going through those deeply challenging experiences and achieving their goals you know i think i think you kind of alluded to already that maybe the first biggest hurdle is just being able to feel deserving of mm. the support what are some other common things that the people that you're working with come up against right at that initial place of okay this this terrible thing has happened to me how do i find myself again how do i how do i pursue something good on the Other side of something so, so challenging? Mm, That's such a good question.
1: You know, I, again, I think like getting that clarity, giving yourself the grace of the micro actions, understanding that they, you know, they start to become bigger, they come faster, they become easier over time. And it's just like the tiny, tiny steps. If somebody still feels paralyzed, I'm like, you just haven't broken it down small enough. Like Mm -hmm. you said, I mean, if getting out of bed feels hard, then just push the cover back right? Like yeah. just make it smaller. When you ask like, what are some of the big obstacles that women do come up against? One of the biggest ones I see is a, a lack of support
0: mm-hmm. or a
1: perceived lack of support. And so some of it is really feeling like I just don't have the support around me, which is again, part of why I do what I do to be able to offer that support. Mm-hmm. But it's also, we have to shift our definition we have to shift our viewpoint around support and that what i mean by that is there are times where we need specific support and that might not come from the people that we think it's going to come from so we might need some advice on business and that might not come from your dad or your mm-hmm. spouse right we might we might need if we've been through something so difficult and we might need somebody to come be with us for a week and that might not be you know a friend from across the country even though you want it to be them. You know when mm-hmm. Mark died mm-hmm. I was just talking to a friend last week about this when Mark died I needed people and it wasn't the people that I thought it was going to be always. Like some of them were but some people weren't able to drop everything and fly across country but my aunt who's retired was able to do it, right? Mm-hmm. My sister who worked from home was able to do it and and I that's what happened. So we have to look at that, but then we also have to say, I need support from a specific person and it might not look the way we think it will.
0: Mm. And
1: can we split those two things and, and be willing to explore those and not feel like if I've asked somebody, hey, I really need somebody and can you come stay with me for a week? And they say, I can't. Are we willing to explore that? Okay, but can we come up with something? Mm-hmm. because I need to know that you are supporting me. Mm. And so that feeling of like the willingness to explore support, even if it doesn't look the way we think it will,
0: mm-hmm.
1: opens up so many more options. Like I, I know people who live remotely. I mean, you know, you know people who live remotely <laughs> too. You have a lot of <laughs> rural women on your listening. I mean, I live in the country, right? I mean, We don't have sidewalks out here. I'm looking out at a cornfield, right? And, but I'm fortunate that my family is nearby. They're within 40 minutes. And so, but I've talked to people who are like, no, I don't have any support. I don't have anyone around me. And so then it's, are you willing to open yourself up to support looking a little different? Like, are you Mm. willing to maybe join a mom's group where you can meet other moms? I mean, when I first moved, to our small town. I didn't know anybody in this small town. And I started a book club. So it was like, Mark, babe, I don't know anybody. I work from home. I haven't talked to anyone all day. If you don't want me to use you as my only form of conversation, I need to go meet people. I'm going to start a book club. And that was a way for me to get that support that I needed of social interaction from people I didn't expect it to come from.
0: Mm, that's so good. And I think being willing to Know what you need, but hold a loose grip on what it ends up looking like Ooh. is really, really powerful. You know, I I can imagine that the people that you work with, they're on the other side of this really hard thing. And mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that maybe keeps us stuck in that really hard place is really staying rooted in this victim mentality. And I don't say that to not be sensitive to the fact that they are a victim yeah. of something that really terrible happened. I just know. From personal experience, the longer I allow myself to stay in that place, there's not really much progress that can be made from there. And so, how how do we get out of out of the victim spot and into a place yeah. we're ready to take action? So you know, you even
1: said it in there. You you know, you said I don't. They they were a victim of this experience, but I think that even is kind of a problematic statement. Mm-hmm. An experience happened, mm-hmm. right? It's not. So there's there's f- a few things. One, I call it radically loving responsibility. So it's not my fault that my husband died. I literally had nothing to do with it. It's not my fault that my house burned down. I wasn't even home when it did. But what I can do is I can take 100% radically loving responsibility for how I show up. So I can choose how I show up with my children and how we talk about their dad. They <laughs> They've been really... My son was only um, 10 months when Mark passed away, so he doesn't actually remember him very much. I mean, he was only there for 10 months, but my daughter was two and a half, and so now my son is very much like, I miss daddy. And they've been asking me about stories about Mark all the time, and I'm like, great, let's talk about it. Well, the Mm -hmm. other day, they were like, can you tell the story of daddy dying? And I said, "Um, that's not going to be our bedtime story tonight. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've talked about it. We've talked about it. so I have to choose like, how am I going to show up? I'm going to honor the fact that they want stories and I'm not going to tell a story that I'm not comfortable with. It could give them nightmares, et cetera. But how do I show up? I talk about Mark, I talk about Mark in my work, right? After my house burned down, I chose how I showed up. There are, there were six of us that lost our homes. So it was kind of an interesting like Petri dish experiment because the four of them stayed very bitter, very stuck, very angry two of us chose not to. And literally the day we got occupancy agreement, I put my house I put my unit on the market. And they said you can't do that. We're not done. I said, "Nope, the law says I can." And so I did and I got an offer 6 days later and I closed 3 weeks after that. It was on Valentine's Day. We called it Freedom Friday. And I that was my way of choosing how I show mm. up. We release the control on how things end up. And we just choose how we show up, knowing that no matter what happens, you do not lose your resiliency. You do not lose your creativity. You do not lose your ability to function, even if it feels like you are right. But you have to remember you've been through, you've made it through every hard thing that you've ever encountered. So what makes you think you couldn't make it through this. I I would give anything to have Mark back. And if somebody had asked me, what's the hardest thing you're going to go through, I it would I would not have picked losing my husband at forty. And it happened. And the suffering that I could really cause myself would be in fighting that reality. But I want to say one other thing because you said, you know. How do like who I work with and who wants to work with me, like what is something I, I see for them and I need to see is they have to be willing to imagine that life could be different. Mm. They don't have to know how, they don't have to know when or anything else. They just have to be willing to in theater we call it suspend your disbelief. We have to just be willing to imagine that it could happen. And if you can have that tiny glimmer of willingness to imagine, then I know that you are on the path to creating amazing things. And I, that's who I want to help guide through there. If you're not at that point yet, you'll get there. If you're not at the point of like being willing to imagine, then there isn't anything that you're going to learn from me that's really going to, that's really going to help you because you're just still closed off and you're in the yeah, but You know, Mm. like, oh, you have, yes, I need to to find my yes. Yeah, but you don't know my, you don't know how hard it's been for me. Mm. I don't. I don't. I know how hard it was for me, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how hard it is for you. But I know that if you're willing to imagine that it could be different, we could create amazing things.
0: Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I feel like, you know, for anyone that's listening that maybe feels in that place, I just feel like that perspective shift. Is so empowering to really get out of that victim mentality and recognize where we have our power, where we'll always have our power, no matter what happens. Because, like you said, we're not really in control of what happens in the next two seconds. I have zero control of what's going to happen. Yeah,
1: and that can be really scary for people. I, I've said this a lot. You know, we never know what's going to happen, right? At any instant. If if the pandemic has taught us anything, we know that like sure. spin on a dime, not even turn, but spin in circles. And so we never know what's going to happen to ourselves, our friends, our loved ones, our homes. And that's not a reason to live scared, but it is a reason to live fully. Mm-hmm. You know, we never know what's going to happen. And and what I don't want for anybody is to get to the end of their life and have regrets. Mm-hmm. You know, w- w- the story we sort of skipped over <laughs> today, and I it, like people probably heard me say like, oh, you had two kids when your husband died and now you have three, is that – you know, my big dream was to be a mom of three. And when Mark died and I also, we were about 60 days away from starting our next round of IVF to have our third child. And that felt totally devastating and unfair on top of losing Mark to also lose that dream. And so I decided in 2020 to move forward with that IVF. And so I was able to give birth to Mark's and my third child 20 months after he passed away. Mm. And I know that there are probably women listening or people listening who are like, well, yeah, but I don't have that. I don't have embryos. I don't have frozen sperm, whatever it is. And I did. And I know that that's like shocking and, and unusual. But what I do know is like, that was my dream. My dream was to have three kids. And that was, I I had circumstances that allowed that to happen. But if I didn't, I might've chosen a different way to still fulfill that dream. And again, that's where we go to the yes and the why, and we have to release the how. Mm. Because if I hadn't, if that hadn't been successful, I would have tried a different how.
0: Yeah. Ooh, so good. Your story of Maristella just always gives me chills because- I mean, I also just get to see you with your kids and what a joy and just, I love the idea of releasing the how, because I think us trying to grasp the how is the thing that snuffs out the spark of dreams faster uh, than anything. Yeah.
1: And we can't possibly predict it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, we can we can try and and we might get close, but it's rarely ever the way we envisioned it in our heads. And so If we're willing to stay present in the moment and see how things unfold and make decisions. I mean, even you, right? You made this shift in your business. And if you had said, no, I said I was going to coach this way. Mm -hmm. And then this idea of the TV show came up and you said, no, I am going to do it this way. Now, I give you a hard time because you get a lot of crazy, great ideas. And so- (laughs) What I do encourage people to do, and this is part of the whole like first step of my process, is we create a parking lot. Mm -hmm. And when you have these great ideas, we put them in your parking lot. And then as like new elements of it come up, we add it. And some of those cars are going to rust out. Mm
0: -hmm. And some of
1: them are going to become so exciting that you actually trade your car in. Mm. And so that's kind of what you've done. And that's what I've done too is, oh, I can't drive two cars at one time right? It's like trying to drive 17 cars to the same destination. You're just Mm -hmm. running back and getting the next car and nobody ever gets there. So this idea of supporting women who've been through these deeply challenging experiences and and want to achieve their goals, that car got so shiny that I parked the other one and got this one. Mm. And that's okay, right? Like we said, it's not because I failed. In fact, it was actually very scary to shut down a business that was making- Hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I said this car is where I am passionate. This is where I want to be, and
0: mm-hmm. same
1: for you. You know, you want to. Sh- you are doing this television show and you are speaking on stages, and you are kind of parking that car of coaching. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you can't come back to it. Doesn't mean you can't, you know, get a different. Ver- I am really taking this car analogy pretty far. I like, but it. like, it's, like it. You know, <laughs> which is funny because Mark was a, a research engineer for developing cars. But, you know, it's not like you can't get a, a red version of the blue car you were driving, right? Mm. There's no reason that we cannot continue in the moment to unfold the the one big, wonderful life that we get on this earth. How do we want to live it? And we get to make that decision moment by
0: moment. Mm, so good. I love the parking lot concept. My parking lot is overflowing, Bevan, and you know this. <laughs>
1: Um, but you can I just, build a bigger parking lot. I can, it's I
0: can build that a parking you structure. It's a structure, a full a structure. seven story parking structure. It is. It is. But I, I think that also, I don't like when people tell me I can't do something and it's not that I can't do it. It's just that I can't do everything all at one time. And right. I recognize that and having a parking lot or, you know, also just thousands of notes on my phone with all these crazy ideas that come to me on a whim. Yeah. But it's exciting. I think it's exciting to have like you know let these little embers i'm going to call them little embers like continue yeah. to, a little to burn and some of them might come and you know catch flame and maybe not some of them will to will fizzle out but um i just i love i love that visual so so much
1: well the parking lot is exactly what you just said like the notes on your phone like people mm-hmm. i i suggest people do it different ways but um that is like i said you know you can be heading down a path of writing a children's book and then you think you know maybe i want to teach yoga and you could either just stop writing the children's book mm-hmm. or you could kind of note that idea of teaching yoga and continue on the path that you have said is my yes. And then maybe in three days, you're like, ooh, I don't even have to just teach yoga. I could do it on a beach in Hawaii. Let me write mm-hmm. that down. Let me add that element. But I'm still going to write my children's book because right now that is still my my yes. And then you may never think about writing yoga or you might never think about teaching yoga ever again. Mm -hmm. Or you might keep getting like elements of that. And then, and then it becomes, like I said, the car that is so shiny and so exciting to you that you decide to park the other one and put your resources, your time, your
0: energy into that new idea. Mm -hmm. I love that. Bevan, as you know, one of the questions that I like to ask everyone that comes on the show is what is a mountain, a metaphorical mountain that you are currently climbing in your life or career? Oh, I love this. Well, it is truly sort of my
1: shift in business. You know, I had a very, a very successful businesses and I shut them all down in 2022 and decided that this is what I'm most passionate about. And I am very much at the base camp of this mountain. And I just last week had to remind myself of that because there is this feeling, I think, if we've if we've done great things in our lives or we've just done things and then we're starting something new, we have to remember we're not, we're not starting halfway up the mountain, right? We're at the bottom of it. And we have to remember what it felt like to be the bottom of the other mountains. Cause sometimes I think we compare the end of our uh, end of one journey to the start of the next and feel like we are behind, and we're not. So I'm at the, I'm at this new phase in my business and I'm doing it with these three kiddos. So I'm balancing like mamahood and this business and I'm loving it because my kids get to see what I do. The, one of the most amazing experiences of 2022 was I brought my kids to my TEDx talk and they came out on stage at the end and just the fact that they got to see me speak, they got to be a ex- part of that
0: experience, just, I mean, made me so happy. Oh my gosh. I love that. What a cool experience. And just what an example you're being to your kiddos by following your dreams and the way that you are. I wanted to ask you this other question, but it sounds like you might've already answered it, but I'm going to ask you anyways, because maybe <laughs> I have something else to share. I think a new question that I want to start asking all of my guests is, you know, my tagline for my business. I talk about joy a lot. But I believe so strongly in not waiting until achieving a goal to finally enjoy it and find joy in that achievement, but instead we really find joy in the journey. So, in this mountain that you're climbing of shifting your business in a really, really big way, at this point in time, this moment in time, what is it that's bringing you joy in that journey? You
1: know, what's bringing me joy is hearing from women who are just sort of starting to see the possibility again. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: starting to just break that victim focus, like we talked about, and start to be willing to imagine that life could be different. And also, I think the other thing that's bringing me joy, and this is hard to remember sometimes. So I'm going to just replay this part of the podcast back over and over and over again. But the other part that's bringing me joy is that I'm supposed to be doing this. And I'm honoring that whereas it could have been very easy to just continue on that path. But this is really my like soul's calling is to help women see the amazing things that they're capable of. So just bringing me joy to be like, you know what? I'm on the same journey in a different way. And that's amazing.
0: That's beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me. So Bevan, for those that want to get in your orbit or maybe are at that place right now where they're trying to get through the other side of a deeply challenging experience in their own life and want to work with you, how can people find you, connect with you? I have a feeling that they like podcasts if they're hearing this and I hear that you have one of your own. So tell us all the things. How do they find you?
1: You know That is really the best way to find me right now is to go check out my podcast. It's called All the Damn Things. And it really is committed to supporting women who've gone through these deeply challenging experiences. And I talked to, I just had a grief coach on my show. I've had people who have had gone through relationship struggles. Um, really, I, I'm looking to show s- the variety of ways, the variety of experiences we go through that can cause us grief, that can cause us Hope that can cause us to dream. And how do you then bring your own goals to life? So it's called All the Damn Things. And from there, you can explore all the other
0: offerings, but that's the best place to start. Awesome. Y'all, we will have that show linked down below in the show notes. So you can click on it, make sure to follow along with all the goodness and all the experts that she brings on the show. Bevin, thank you so, so much for being a second time guest on the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast and for just being courageous enough to step into your calling in such a big way. I know that the work you do has helped support me in so many ways, and I just love being able to witness this shift and how you're going to support so many others as well.
1: Thank you for having me. You were on my podcast, so they can also go listen to that episode Yes. Too. And um, we will keep everyone posted on the trip that you and I plan, and we will you know, share it on
0: social as we experience it. I love it. We're, <laughs> we're manifesting that. That is our yes, Bevan. It. We are creating
1: it. That's right.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you, sweet listeners, for tuning in to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review, sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.